The Dragon Reread is brought to you by the Armadillo Podcasting Club. Did you know that a crusty armadillo is a shot that's made with warm gin and root beer? A rusty armadillo is when we spit it in your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> I did not know that. <laughs> and yet, I, you know, it's still my favorite shot, so I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I think I'll, we'll continue to never order that. <laughs> For more Armadillo Facts, to find out how you can access episodes a day early, to check out our sweet merch, and to check out our other podcasts, visit us at armadillo.club. The wheel of time turns and ages come and pass, leaving memories that become podcasts. Hello there, welcome to The Dragon Reread. We're rereading Robert Jordan's Wheel of Time series of fantasy novels. I'm Jeff Lake. I'm Alice Sullivan. And I'm Michael Sparkman. And today we're covering chapters 41 through 46 of Towers of Midnight, book 13 of The Wheel of Time. Previously, Egwene's careful planning comes to fruition as she executes her dream trap. She goes to a real dream meeting with a bunch of Chandler VIPs and establishes a wizard study abroad program while her fake dream meeting, real trap, gets their shit kicked in by a real forsaken ambush. So... So Egwene and her dream warrior Aiel buddies join Nynaeve in a counter-ambush-ambush. Ambush. There, there are layers here, you see. This <laughs> mess is peak in the A, honestly. Uh, but it all ends with Egwene locked in... So Yeah, you're kind of right. Like they, they had this whole plan, and none of it worked. Everything fell apart, and it's just a whole lot of punching, and they won. <laughs> I know. This is in the A. Like, this is distilled down to its purest form. <laughs> But it all ends with Egwene locked in a dream battle of the mind with Masana. She snaps Masana's mind like a dry twig. So I guess you can mark Masana off the RSVP list for the final battle. Meanwhile, Gawain does his Gawain thing and barges in on Egwene's plans. Luckily, because he interrupts a blood knife ambush. He defeats them, but unfortunately he survives <laughs> and is bonded by Egwene. So boo, two out of ten on that one. <laughs> <laughs> And Egwene wakes from the dream into the true nightmare. (laughs) Oh, now I'm stuck with him. I don't know. She seems to like it for some reason. I I, I maintain it's the stupid puppy dog thing, right? Yeah, yeah, right. Only explanation. Like, he's an idiot, but he's her idiot. (laughs) Exactly. Perrin engages in his own dream battle with Slayer through the White Tower and into a spooky nightmare, but unfortunately Hopper dies and Slayer escapes. Kind of the worst possible outcome, honestly. Uh, But he channels all those negative feelings into forging a sweet-ass magic hammer and decides to go try it on a different ambush to save some White Cloaks from their well-deserved demise, unfortunately. So I guess the theme here was overly complicated ambushes and unsatisfying outcomes. Uh, Oh, also, Avienda has a spooky close encounter with a mysterious wise Aiel woman. Ghost? Divine Avatar of Light? Unclear. But spooky. (laughs) Chapter 41. An unexpected ally, icon of the sunburst. Uh, Galad and the White Cloaks are surprised to see that the two rivers' arrows are falling among the Trollocs. Yeah, not even trying to kill them a little bit. Yeah, right? And not even like just a little side killing because, you know, they kind of deserve it. Yeah. <laughs> like, really? No one? Huh, all right. Oh no, my arrow slipped. Yeah. And in the middle of this ambush when they're all freaking out, Byer and Bornhold take time to say, it's probably a trick. He's probably killing all those Trollocs just to trick us. I, I just like, every time Byer comes on, on screen, I just imagine that he's like muttering to himself and like dribbling a little bit because he's clearly like off his, off his rocker, right? Yeah. Well, Bornhold is like, it's just like in the two rivers. He summoned an army of Trollocs and killed it and massacred it just to make everybody like him. Yeah. Which, 
But you don't have any proof of that. Like, <laughs> yeah. you're using the thing that you made up as proof for this other thing that you're making up. Well, also, like, Perrin killing the, the Trollocs is like, like, when Dane Bornhold, at the, even at this point, like, you can see Dane Bornhold doing this thing where he's like, wait, what Byer's saying doesn't make any sense. Like, he's starting to, like, the wheels are starting to turn. He's like, wait a minute. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I, okay. I, I couldn't help but ask myself, you know, how are they getting all these Trollocs here? So I'm glad that we finally get some information about this in this chapter. Because when they just came up out of the mud, I was like, you're going to tell me that you got a thousand Trollocs or, or what, 20,000 Trollocs here? Yeah. To yeah. sneak them up on the, on the White Cloaks? Yeah. But Perrin, we get to Perrin. Perrin explains his reasoning a little bit as the Trollocs are, are pushing towards them. Uh, and <laughs> speaking of explanations, he's like, oh, it's a portal stone. And I'm like, oh, yeah, the portal stone from, like, book two, I guess. Did Perrin know about portal stones? I think he, was, he wasn't with him for that, was he? He went Wait. through one when they all went through one oh, okay. to get to Falm, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. So he, he knows about portal stones from that one time in book two that they encountered portal stones. It was a little convenient. Yeah, yeah well, he was just, he was flipping through some of the earlier books in the series. And he's like, <laughs> oh, yeah, these things. Yeah. I mean, I buy this explanation, I guess, but like, yeah, this is, this is a little bit of a, like, felt like a little bit of a stretch, you know? Yeah. But sure. Sure, okay. fine. That thing from book two, that's, that's how they got here. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and it's Trolloc smashing time for Perrin, because the Trollocs are attacking them both. Oh, uh, Perrin, uh, there's this funny part where Perrin mentions that they might be facing a Forsaken, and Aleandre's like, oh, Forsaken, Perrin's like, dude, <laughs> you're on the, you're, you're joining yeah. the dragon and like in, in, in the final battle, yeah, that's going to be on the menu. Right. You yeah. know this army around here? You know what this army does? We smash Forsaken. <laughs> <laughs> that's the job, bro. He literally says, what did you think you signed up for? <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. And uh, Galad, meanwhile, is trying to hold with the Children of the Light. They are being totally overrun and breaking and making a, a poor accounting for themselves. And he's yeah. like, oh, wait, we kind of suck. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, like, Galad, Galad is, a, is like a, an excellent swordsman, but this isn't like a dueling situation, right? This is like you're facing, you know, nine foot tall monsters. It doesn't matter if you're like really fast with a blade, right? Yeah. He has this moment where he's thinking like, I guess the light is not going to just protect us no matter what we do. Hmm. 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 <laughs> yeah, bad news for Glad. Uh, and, but yeah, ultimately, like, he, 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 he realizes that they're just a bunch of dudes, and he's like, we're not even that great. We're kind of mediocre dudes, honestly. <laughs> right, yeah. Uh, then Perrin uh, is fighting them. His hammer is, continues to be amazingly cool. It's like burning the Trollocs. Yeah, okay. when it touches okay. them. Okay. But like, that doesn't make a huge difference, right? Like, if you're smashing someone's head, it's like, oh, and it also sizzles them a little bit. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it looks cool, but like, if you're if you're if your your primary move is like smashing their head like a melon, then like, it doesn't matter if it's also burning, right? It's, it's something, right? Like, okay, you're buying like a top of the line, latest model, 2022 hammer, right? And the salesman is like, you want to throw in another 200 bucks and it'll burn them too? Yeah, right. <laughs> okay, fair enough. You, you get that. You get that upgrade. Yeah, yeah. Insult to injury, whatever. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. And they, uh, white cloak, maybe it burns dark friends. Wouldn't that be cool? Mm, that would be really cool. <laughs> Come on, guys, you've touched the hammer. Yeah. It's not a dick thing, I promise. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's one line for touching that hammer, another line for touching this hammer. And that's just, that's just Fayil. Yeah, that's right. So the white cloaks are losing because they suck, and Perrin decides to go help them. Dude, it's, there's kind of a funny contrast here because, like, Argonda rides up to Perrin and he's like, Dude, this is great. We're like kicking ass here, you know. So it's like on the one hand, you have Galad and his his friends who are just like, "This sucks butts," and like <laughs> yeah. Argonda's like, "Man, you know, it's great over here. It's you know, it makes a difference being a, a good general, I guess, right?" Yeah, you gotta pick your sides. Uh, his other good generals like, "Why are we helping the White Cloaks?" <laughs> I mean, I think we're all asking that, right? <laughs> yeah. 
And parents uh, like it's the right thing to do. Okay, okay parents. <laughs> Yeah, but Gal- Galad gets to see Perrin lead the charge into the Trollocs personally. Uh, it is suitably epic. Oh, yeah. Which is uh, fortunate because Gal- Galad falls and breaks his stupid ankle. <laughs> yeah. Right, yeah, way to go, Galad. Yeah. Perrin personally comes to Galad's aid. And Galad finally realizes that Perrin is just saying what he thinks at all times, and there's no other game here. Yeah. Yep. It's He's like, you know, it's kind of like, you could tell that Galad's thinking it's. It's hard not to like this guy because he's like he's he's really just whatever's written on the surface, you know. Right. Yeah. And have you seen that hammer? Sweet. It's a sweet uh, hammer. I love how he thinks. Are we allies then? It's <laughs> <laughs> very like stepbrothers moment. Did we just become best friends? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> know, right. Uh, but unfortunately, Galad, uh, you got like a history of douchebaggery. You're gonna have to overcome before you can be best friends with Perrin. Yeah, mm-hmm. I know. And but Galad yeah. does declare Perrin's punishment there on the battlefield. Right. Yeah. Uh, you gotta pay a fine. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> a small fine. And, you know, fighting the last battle, you know? That's cool. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, maybe, yeah. Maybe a little kiss. <laughs> we, gotta, we gotta sleep next to each other in the bed, just share warmth, nothing else, unless you're into it. But <laughs> okay. If you're into it, that's cool, you know, but if not, that's okay too, you know, yeah. it out. Uh, I think it's funny how it takes these, like, kind of noble people so long to figure out Perrin when he is, the, like, as shallow as a rain puddle. Right. <laughs> It, it's this is like it, it always makes me think of Rand uh, in Kyrian for the first time, where everyone's like looking for all these maneuvers. It's just like, no, I just don't want to do this. You know, it's just like it makes me think of that situation. I yeah. mean, that kind of matches Thor, though, right? Because Thor was this amazing kind of dumb. Yeah. What you see is what you get. Yeah, kind of in at least the, like the Marvelized version of him. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's, yeah. He's, he does what it says on the tin. He likes being Thor. Being Thor is fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let's see. And then we have so satisfying. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Child buyer tries to backstab Perrin, but he, he himself is struck down by Bornhold. Yeah, Bornhold stops him to death. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Finally, finally. Screw yeah. this guy. Yeah, I know. This guy needed to go, like, oh, two books ago. Man, yeah. this guy's always, this guy's been a problem. Yeah, I. Is, is he a dark friend or is he just crazy? He's just crazy. I, I think at this point it's got to be he's just crazy. Because I, like, well, I don't know. I guess he could still be a dark friend, but yeah, it's hard to say. But Bornhall, Either way, he's super dead. Yeah, yeah. Bornhall came around yeah. and killed him. So it's good. Because they also had B names, both of them, which made it hard it to keep track of what was going on. That's so true, yeah. Sometimes, one of them I, had to go. sometimes I ascribed um, you know, Bornhall as being like also kind of crazy. It's like, no, no, he's cool because his dad was cool-ish, you know, for a white cloak. Ish, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So thank you, Brandon Sanderson. Just check that box. That's right. Just thin in the herd, cleaning it out. Yeah, yeah. Streamlining it. Yeah, it's a very satisfying end for this guy. Uh, so I guess they're all allies now, right? Uh, yeah. I mean, because then Perrin and Glad uh, march back into the fray. Well, Glad rides because of the ankle thing. Yeah, right. To fight together. Yeah, I can't imagine there's like a whole lot left of the White Cloak army at this point, though. Like they keep getting, you know, attacked and. Trounced and you know ambushed and backstabbed and so on. Like, I wonder how many of them are, there actually are left. Yeah, I mean there weren't that many to start with. I don't think. I think I think Galad said they were in the neighborhood of twenty thousand before they got uh, stomped by these Trollocs. So, yeah, yeah. Chapter forty-two: Stronger than blood. Icon of a Heronmark blade. 
Egwene and Gwyn are recovering together, and they chat a little bit. They yeah, catch up. it's great because Gwyn now has a built-in how bad did I fuck up ometer, you know? <laughs> yeah, and he needs it. Yeah, hopefully this will help him be a little bit less shitty. I guess I don't know. Did y'all find the Masana reveal very anticlimactic? Completely. Yeah, yeah that was a disappointing one. Yeah. After how many like. Because we've been, I feel like it's been ages we've been like trying to figure out who was Masana in the White Tower. Who yeah, was it? Yeah. Who was it? It was some random sister named Danelle. Danelle. Yeah. yeah. yeah Kept to brown. herself. I, I actually looked her up because I was like, who the fuck is this? She's no one. She's she's a, a random brown Aja. Like, I don't I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. So that was, that was unsatisfying. It yeah. was. Like, why was, why was there all that effort to keep her identity secret from us? Yeah. Because I thought we were onto something when we thought that she must be like a novice or something. She's yeah, wearing all white yeah. and this and that. Yeah. It would have been clever. It would have been like, oh, you know, look, you have to watch for threats from all angles because the Forsaken are so sneaky. I it's, thought it might even be a non-channeler in the tower, like a, you know, like a, a servant. I thought it was that cook. Yeah. That, that cook was shifty. What was her name? Laris. Laris, yeah, yeah. No, it wouldn't have been Laris. I don't know. I just don't trust her. She has some weird, some weird sketchy stuff, but I think it was just that she's like... Funneling, helping novices escape the right, tower. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, that, and that was unrelated to the Forsaken, apparently. Yeah, maybe that was meant to be a red herring. I don't know. And Egwene, the, most of this conversation, they're kind of catching up. It really helps that they can read each other's minds to get on the same page. Egwene is trying to understand how Gawain did something right. <laughs> you know? Which I understand, yeah. I mean, come on. Yeah. Uh, and uh, But Gawain is going to stay there in a room, but they're going to be in separate beds until they're properly married. I know. <laughs> and then they're like, we should get married. Yeah. I mean, mostly so they can bone because right. apparently uh, Egwene won't ride that dinger until she gets that ringer or whatever. <laughs> yeah, Ring true. on her finger. I don't know. Yeah, she's got uh, Gwyn is going to help her out and handle the the marriage arrangements. Which come on, he's going to screw it up. Yeah, I mean, do you really want to trust him with that? Put someone competent on it. You know, she's she's the omelet seat. She doesn't have to do it herself. She doesn't have to have this guy do it either, though. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but then Egwene heads off and Gwyn. He takes the blood ring from yeah, those three he, dead blood knives. Yeah. What's he going to do with those, I wonder? Like, I I, I think he's just going to use them as wedding rings and he's going to kill them both. <laughs> <laughs> I, thought this, I thought this, this would be a nice uh, nice gesture of our love for each other. I, the, the, the time I saved your life, I yeah, put these rings on your... Remember that time I was right and you were wrong? <laughs> <laughs> and then, like, three months later, they both died. <laughs> That's what the blood rings do. Uh, I don't know. I, I think it's... I mean, you can have them. Maybe he'll use them at the last battle and... and be a, a hero and die because that's and what die. they do they well, kill they'll you they'll all die I assume everybody's gonna die at the last battle let's hope so <laughs> <laughs> dark well but what else like, that's what they all think right yeah Rand certainly thinks so so we cut to Lan uh, he feels that Nynaeve has got acquired his bond by just feeling the difference in emotions <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah he's, I can only he's, imagine he has a very nice way of putting it he's something like her passion and like and, and, and you know something passion and kindness yeah passion and kindness <laughs> Sure. Yeah. Sure. Sure, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's that's what you want, you know. You want a guy that always sees the best in you, and also is uh, a king of a lost kingdom, and is the best swordsman in the world. And also, apparently, a pretty great poet. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 And he's probably good at that, like Zen garden thing. Yeah, and probably, I mean, probably pretty awesome lay too, because he's like got he's gotten a lot, right? Like yeah. he's, he's been doing it. He's been doing thing. a lot, but I don't know. Maybe he's not that attentive, right? Because mm. he just. He just gets it based on who he is. You know, That's a good point, yeah. <laughs> it's just craggy is what I'm saying. <laughs> well, it was, it was 90s first, so Shida probably doesn't know, right? Like, it's you know, true. It's the only, only dick she's ever had, so... <laughs> anyway. Sex, sex is like climbing a glacier. 
<laughs> so, uh, yeah, Lan comes across a huge gathering of Malkiri, and he tries to just sort of incognito his way through, which I don't think was going to work anyway. Yeah. He, I mean, he made it pretty far. Yeah, I like when the guy's like, aren't you here to wait for your king like all the others? And he's like, I have no king. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Nice land. Yeah. <laughs> they'll, never, they'll never get it. <laughs> but he gets busted because uh, those prince dudes that Nynaeve uh, talked to who know him, yeah. uh, were, she told him to wait for him here. Yeah. And it's great because they're like, she mentioned you might be in disguise, but she they, she said you definitely have that horse right there. He's like, shit, I'm yeah. definitely going to have that horse. Yeah. Right, I'm not going to leave behind that horse. Yeah. And then after this, the word spreads that he's here, and he finally changes his mind and says, the golden crane flies for Taman Gaidan. And everybody cheers. Yay. Yay. Honestly, that, I, I'm not going to lie. This got me a little bit misty-eyed. Like, you know, just calling back to that, that uh, initial ride with the golden crane thing, you know? It yeah. a little bit. That's I, nice. I thought... I thought it would be really funny if he actually walked through there incognito, because I, I imagine all Nynaeve had to say was, like, wait for a guy that comes by and, like, think of the baddest-ass dude you've ever met, and then, like, multiply that by two. And when that dude walks by, that's him. <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah. <laughs> Look for the stony plains. <laughs> yeah. Chapter 43, some tea. Uh, icon of the, I think that's the Falcon of Mayin, or the, the Hawk of Mayin. Yeah, I think you're right. I think, it's, mm-hmm. I think the, the Hawk of Mayan. That's a kind of lazy title, I think. Some yeah, think, tea. Yeah, they, they've, they've had some pretty like great titles. It's just like, eh, some tea. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> some tea, you know. I, you know, I, the, the slang term made me think that there, somebody's going to be spilling some gossip here. Yeah, hot <laughs> gossip. Yeah. So Glad and Perrin are surveying the battlefield. Glad is coming to grips uh, with having been helped by Aes Sedai. And it sure helps when your broken ankle can just get healed in a moment. Mm-hmm. I kind of love this scene because they're just like, it turns out that Galad's like cold directness actually works perfectly with Perrin's like immovable honesty. Like they make this like power couple thing. Absolutely. You know? <laughs> yeah, people are always talking about it, Galad, like how, how literal he is and how difficult he is to deal with. But that's Perrin, right? To a T. Yeah, Perrin's like, this is great. This guy just says what he means. I don't have to worry about it. I mean, this relationship is more harmonious than his with Fael's. That is a good point. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> This it's, is the real. This is the real love story right here. Galad is probably better looking than Fayil because he's better looking than everybody. That's yeah. true. And Perrin offers to take Galad with him to be, make him part of his army if Galad will follow his orders. And Galad gets sort of Taverin. Yeah, I was going to say, yep. like that's never going to happen. Oh right, but Perrin's Taverin. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, yeah, but you know, I mean, from here on, Galad might actually become a tolerable character. I have to say, like this, this might be the the turning point for his. His character, you know. Yeah, if he just has somebody to tell him what to do. Yeah, if it's if it's if it's his job to to do what Perrin wants him to do, and Perrin generally gives pretty reasonable orders, I think this is gonna be great. You know. Yeah, solid. Perrin philosophizes a little bit that maybe all this happened because the pattern thinks he needs Galad. Yeah, for, I don't know what for, you know, but well, maybe <laughs> <laughs> something eventually, right? <laughs> maybe it's so. just to get Barrelane off his back. <laughs> True. I mean, hey, you know. That's, he's <laughs> yeah. definitely on that, right? Pity it hadn't happened like six months previously, but oh well. Indeed. Uh, what happens after that is that Galad goes and finds Barrelane for some hot tea. Oh, yeah. yeah. Very yeah. hot tea, I'm sure. Yeah, this, this section is actually from Aleandre's perspective, which is, it's kind of interesting because Aleandre is just kind of like watching and I guess she notices a lot of things. She, she, she has a very like, I would say 
maneuvering mind. Maybe it's a political thing, you know? I bet it is. It seems like that's how she survived as the queen of... Was it Gildan? Gildan? I think it's yeah, Gildan, yeah. yeah. Where she just sort of kept out of the way of everybody and, and waited and watched. Because mm-hmm. yeah. she's the one who survived Massima, right? Yeah. Yeah. And apparently stole a shirt. <laughs> she, she does steal a shirt. <laughs> yeah. They're, they're making bandages out of old shirts. It's like, oh, that's a shitty shirt. And then she finds the stuff which is like... That shouldn't be a bandage. That I, I think we'll just set that one aside. It's like, dude, you're a queen. What are you doing? <laughs> it's fine. Well, she didn't get to be a queen by wasting shirts. That's a good point. <laughs> Chapter 44, a backhanded request. Icon of the blacksmith puzzle. So Morgase and her crew are getting ready to leave when Talonvor comes to say goodbye. Because it just cannot be for us. And instead, Morgase is like, you know what? Screw the rules. Let's get hitched. Yeah, I mean, you know, this, uh, this, this whole like, oh, I can't, I can't marry Talonvor because of my duty to the. I was like, you know, fuck it. You know, this is, this seems dumb to me. I say they go for it. You know, so I was glad that they, she's finally come around for this. She can you know? make this happen, right? Yeah, she, she, she's like, the world's ending. Let's, let's bang it out. You know. Yeah, the retired queen can have a boy toy. This is not going to ruin anything. Yeah. But. Then rolls in Linny, who's, you know, up here with the boner barrier. <laughs> He's like, no, no, you kids. Like, this is, this is, this is Queen, the former Queen Morgays. I think she's had plenty of, like, you know, consorts, right? Right, yeah. She, there's a procedure for this, right? Yeah. There's a room in the palace for this guy. Yeah. Right? <laughs> I, don't know. I don't know what's all with all this sex shaming in Andor, but, you know. Yeah. Uh, but so she says, no, they're just going to have to go get married, go get hitched by Perrin, which is, a, that's kind of a weird uh, hierarchy there. Uh, yeah, the yeah. former queen of Andor is going to be married by the uh, <clears throat> the rebel lord. Of right. Yeah. Two Does, rivers. Doesn't that like? Doesn't that mean there's kind of a legitimacy problem if they yeah. like, execute him later if, as a traitor? Yeah, oh. I guess so. Right. I was gonna say it's more. It's a problem that she's acknowledging him as a some sort of official. Oh, yeah, of course. Also that, true. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But, you know, she, she wants to break off some talent for her, so she's not thinking about that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Perrin and Fael are preparing to go to Camelin. Uh, Neald is making more power weapons, because I guess he remembers how to do that. Yeah. Sweet. He can't make them as cool as Perrin's sweet magic hammer, but he can make, you know, regular uh, power rod blades, which is still pretty sweet. Yeah. They don't break. They keep their edge. They keep their edge forever. Yeah, that's really useful. Then, I wonder if they all burn... Shadow spawn or something. I don't. I think that might just be a. What is it? Mylar, Mjolnir, Mjolnir. Basically, Mjolnir. Yeah, <laughs> Mjolnir. Yeah. yeah. It seems that seems to be a unique property of that of that hammer, but maybe not. I don't know. And then Morgaz and Talavor come up, and they want to get hitched. And Glad's there. She's Glad. kind of a jerk about it when she when yeah. she first approaches. She's like, "Well, I guess it's gonna have to be you." And parents like, <laughs> "Dude." Dude, come on. Come on. You're welcome. Yeah. So she apologizes and gives it a second go. Much yeah. nicer the second time around. And uh, Perrin gives an admirably brief ceremony. <laughs> I know. I, I appreciate that. This, this I do a, not like long wedding ceremonies. This is amazing. Sorry. No, they give Yours these... fine. Okay, like, thank you. No, no, it's amazing. They give these like really like beautiful vows about how they love each other and respect each other and cherish each other. And Perrin's like, cool, you're married up. Go away. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> now kiss. You're yeah. out. <laughs> <laughs> Also, okay, there's, I don't know if this is what this is, but there's like a, a, almost a throwaway section where Galad has a letter with a red seal. I saw that too. Yeah, it's Varen's. So where would he get a letter from Varen? How would he get a letter from Varen? She's been distributing, so maybe somebody in Perrin's camp gave it to him. Maybe maybe. one of the Aes Sedai, maybe like Berylane or somebody. Maybe Berylane gave it to him. I was wondering. Yeah, that could be. Yeah. Did Varen talk to Perrin? 
No. She I don't talked to Matt. Thinks so. yes. Did she come to Perrin's army and mess around? I don't not think that I so. Remember. Not well, not that we saw, but she, you know, she was moving around pretty fast at the end there. Yeah. So, I, don't yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I was like, that can't be, but I think that's what it is. Yeah. Yeah, I think you're right too. So I don't know. I don't know what Viren was doing. Uh, speaking of Matt. Yeah. And nah. then, yeah, Perrin gets a surprise visit from Matt. Yeah. Who who shows up in the camp uh-huh. and with a badger in a sack. Uh-huh. As a callback, to as like a multiple level callback. Yeah, the, the, this is a book one callback. This is a pre uh, dagger <laughs> Matt callback. In yeah. fact, I was actually surprised he could remember this because I remember him saying that some of his pre dagger memories are hazy because of his weird like you know Swiss cheese brain thing. Yeah, it, it, so it's weird. Yeah, but it, but it's a very Matt entrance in a way, right? He's throwing acorns at parents' head, and then <laughs> again he's got a badger in his sack. Yeah. Uh, and he has badger in a sack just for old time's sake. <laughs> and Aaron's like, you know, it's kind of hard to catch a badger. Matt's like, yeah, it was really hard to catch a badger. <laughs> You're welcome. Right. Here's your badger. <laughs> <laughs> Notice you didn't thank me for the badger. Okay. <laughs> right. And, and it'd be pretty funny if Perrin just like grabs the badger, badger and just eats it. <laughs> Thanks, I need a snack. <laughs> That's what I do now. I'm a wolf man. Uh, parent, Matt warns Perrin about the assassins because I guess he just gatewayed over here from Camelin yeah. and invites him to go meet with them when he's in Camelin. Oh, and asks to borrow an Ashiman. Yeah. Think he take, does he take Neild or Grady? I think it's one of them. Uh, I can't remember. Because he's going to need... It's got to be Grady because Neild's making weapons. Yeah. Uh, this... Was weird. I thought this whole little bit was weird fan service. Yeah, I think so too. Because, uh, like, first of all, Matt's not allowed to leave Camelon, right? Because of his oath. Uh huh. Well, they're, yeah, because they're in Whitebridge. They're they're not, they're close to Camelon, but not that close. Yeah, and and he catches a badger. Because in Camelon, because he did he catch yeah, a badger in Camelon. Yeah, I guess that's really impressive. Yeah. <laughs> and, and and then like and there's also this bit here where Perrin has to ease the badger right mm-hmm. out of the sack. Which is the, a reference to the, the inn they stayed in in Ilion, easing the badger. Oh, yeah. I totally missed that. It's a whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> like, this is all just, like, pure fan service. Like, remember that? Remember that? I, I mean, did not remember that. <laughs> maybe it's a two-reverse tradition we weren't familiar with. When you haven't seen somebody for X amount of time, you always bring them a badger. Yeah, he, he would be really embarrassed if he showed up without a badger yeah. all this time. It would be really awkward. <laughs> it's just tradition. But yeah, it, that was absolutely a weird little section. I mean, it was It was funny, but, like... Why? What is the purpose of this? Yeah, I, I blame Brandon Sanderson because it's it's like shallowly funny, like it, it kind of connects these like superficial things, but it doesn't make any sense. Yeah, I suppose so. I guess I also want to say like it was short too, right? The parent and Matt have been traveling separately and had these completely separate adventures that have turned them into completely different people. Yeah, mm-hmm. they haven't seen each other since. Uh, oh, that's a good Did question. They go so long. Parent didn't go into the waste, right? With them. No. So they haven't seen each other since like the beginning of book four. Wow, yeah. Or something like that, right? Yeah. Which I know it hasn't been a huge amount of time, but it has been a lot has happened since then for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like and there there it feels like this this reunion should be much more interesting they, as they see the people they've become. They both got married since then. That's right. <laughs> That's right. And then parents like, oh, no big deal. I'm just married to, you know, relation, you know, relative of the Queen of Saldea. You know, no big deal. No big deal. And Matt's like, oh, that's that's nice. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Relative of a queen, huh? Okay. Yeah. yeah, the motherfucking Prince of Ravens. But yeah, that's nice. Yes. Good for you. Good for You're you. the lord of the two rivers. Yeah. That's yeah, nice. that's a really cool place. That's really good for a two rivers boy. <laughs> <laughs> Oi, I guess Matt's a Sean Chen now, right? By, by marriage? 
Ah, oh, Matt. Uh-huh, I know. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, just weird. So, chapter 45, a reunion. Icon of the white lion. Elaine wakes up, gets a sit rep from Dylan and Nori about she, what's going on. She wakes up with a dream message from Egwene that's, like, super uninformative. Like, if you're giving someone a dream message, there's no reason to make it cryptic, right? That's a good point. It's literally in her head. Yeah. She, right? Yeah, she wakes up and, what is it? Uh, the serpent has fallen. Your brother's return was timely. And she's like, I don't know what that means, but hope it's, hope it's good news. <laughs> it does sound it sounds good. good. I mean, is, is, he, is she saying that Gwyn made her come? <laughs> I mean... <laughs> kind of, right? <laughs> That's my interpretation, so yeah, I'd say we go with it. It's Gwyn's fault for not being more, more clear in her message. Yeah. Oh. I think we have to assume that's what that means. <laughs> okay, whatever. Uh, uh, they're discussing uh, the Kyrian, the plan for Kyrian, which uh, I do not care about at all, even a little bit. Yeah, I mean, Dialin's reporting on the political situation in Kyrian, and yeah, no duh, it's a dumpster fire, right? Like, Kyrian was already a dumpster fire before their uh, their king got <clears throat> uh, tommed. <laughs> yeah. and, then, uh, and then from there, it's been, you know, downhill. And I know that Rand sort of put things in order, but, like, that's temporary, you know? Yeah. I don't know. Uh, but, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't, it doesn't seem like this super matters. Yeah, it's... it's I don't know, do they not know that the last battle is in like a month? I guess they're Kyrian and man, they can't help themselves. It's, what well, they do is what they does Elaine right? not know, right? Oh. Why is she dealing with this? Uh, she has some idea about uniting the countries for the final battle, right? The yeah. same reason she's getting these dragon cannons and so on <laughs> yeah. for the final battle, right? You know, peace. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Peace cannons. So, yeah, then Galad and Morghese show up and there's a touching reunion between Elaine and Morghese. Yeah, well, I mean, at first it's like a little bit of like a, a tense minute, right? Because Galad reveals himself. It's like, oh, cool, it's Galad. And Morghese reveals herself. It's like, what? You know, because yeah. you know, th- th- there's, a, there's a minute there where Elaine and Dylan are just like, Uh-oh. and then Morghese is like, I renounce the throne. It's okay. And you can just like, you can kind of hear the, the buttholes in the room. like <laughs> <you know? laughs> It's true, yeah. Do we have a two-queen situation yeah. going on here? Uh, but they, they catch up, and it's nice. Yeah, the conversation turns to Glad and his time with the white folks, and Elaine says something like, "Oh, we've got some catching up to do." And Glad is like, "Well, here we go." And just like goes <laughs> yeah, into his, yeah. like a very detailed story of how it's like <laughs> how he becomes the the Lord Commander of the White Folks, which, if I recall correctly, does involve multiple murders, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, I mean, you know. Yeah, like the the last commander of the White Cloak killed the previous commander of the White Cloaks, and then I killed that guy. Yeah, and then also I killed that one guy who might have been working for the Shan Shen. Oh no, no, I didn't kill him. I had him killed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's see. It's a sordid tale. Yeah. I think that they, they talk about how they're going to have to delicately handle the situation of having Morghese around so that it doesn't cause them any problems. But I feel like Elaine's uh, battery of cannons can solve all of those problems. <laughs> they can do whatever the F they want. <laughs> you know, okay, but the thing is, she doesn't even need that, right? She's a channeler. She's a very powerful channeler. It's true, There's right? like... There's like a lot of layers of reasons that she's that's not a problem, right? Like that, yeah. The first person who says, uh, "I'm not sure you're the true queen," and then their head explodes. Yeah, <laughs> like the, that conversation is over. Yeah, she's a semi-immortal witch queen. So I mean, like, it's yeah. I think it's fine. I think yeah. it's fine. Uh, but they do have like a nice mother-daughter chat. You know, succession, boys quelling rebellions, and it's true. Has, has Morgays told her that? I forget. Did Morgays tell her that she's got you know a guy, a man? She mentions it in, in, in passing, but it's like we'll have to get into that later because we have to talk about the fact that you know I'm uh, you know 
Yeah. Well, you're pregnant with yeah. the, with the dragon reborn's kids, you know. Right. Yeah. So you know, just it's complicated. Yeah. It's family <laughs> stuff. And then we find out uh, Avienda, who is sitting about st- sitting and thinking about stuff uh, outside of Ruidian. Yeah, Ruidian has changed a lot due to Rand's actions, both Ruidian and Aiel culture. Yeah, right. Yeah. 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 Ruidian is like a metaphor for the Aiel people, you know. Oh no, I didn't get it. <laughs> <laughs> Could you explain in more detail? <laughs> Yeah, it, it's it's a clearly a metaphor kind of thing. Yeah, uh, chapter forty six, working leather, icon of the dragon's fang. So one Andral and Ashaman is doing some leather work and, and thinking about life in the Black Tower. Yeah, this is a the, we don't see many things that are happening in the Black Tower from within the Black Tower. We see yeah. a lot of things from you know hearsay and 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 outside stuff. But we we we've known that there's this. This division that's happened here, right? Mm-hmm. So I guess Andral is a dedicated capital D and a, a Logan loyalist. Yeah, and that's the division. And the whole Black Tower is like a village, or not bigger than village, a town. It's pretty big, built up fast. Uh, Andral is only mildly insane. Yeah, just, just got, a little bit. Got a taste. Like yeah. I, I kind of. This would be one of the things I would look forward to if I was joining the Black Tower. Is just see what kind of insanity do you get? Right? Yeah, everyone gets a different flavor. Some people get the shadows that like chase them. Some people think there are mail draws everywhere. Yeah, that shadow thing was a little terrifying. That was pretty creepy. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that would be really. Yeah, I think that would be horrifying, especially if like he he admits that he know like he knows that this is madness because you know obviously, but he's like, there's this part of me that also really believes it's true. You know, because it's because yeah. he's going crazy. You know. Mm-hmm. Yep. Because those black hooks are in his brain or whatever. Yeah. Uh, this is this is kind of interesting. It's, it's like you see this... Seeing the Black Tower and how mundane male channelers have become there is is, is unusual for me. Because it's just like all these normal functions are being just done by these dudes who are just like... Bla- like they're blasting furrows into the ground so they can have a cha- like a, a water... A canal or whatever. Yeah. It makes you wonder why the Aes Sedai don't do that too. Make them use right. the power for everything. They should, right? Because the Black Tower does it to make them stronger. Mm-hmm. Although I guess it is a difference between men and women that men get stronger over time uh, by using the power. Is that I, women do too? Yeah, that's the that thing. Because there's like I, I remember they've talked before about there's like the the strength that you are in the in the beginning, and then the strength that you can achieve through yeah. through because that happens with Egwene. That's why she's suddenly so powerful. Is because the Shanchen. Like forced her to do all these uh, big things, so they should be working out just like the Black Tower dudes. Absolutely, yeah. If they, you know, if they if they cared about that, which they should. Anyway, he's uh, he's part of the faction that is pro Logain. They are worried about Logain's absence and how obviously evil Mazarim Tame and Mazarim Tame's guys are. <laughs> yeah, there's the, it, it seems like there's there's a lot happening under the surface here, especially from Andral's perspective because he's so like even keeled and just like I'm just doing my thing like he's he's very innocuous in his own way but like there's clearly stuff happening here that yeah. he's, he's not like talking about in his head I guess yes they, they basically resolve to collect evidence about Mazarim Tame's evil and bring it to uh, Rand yeah or Loghain if they can find him yeah it's I, I kind of like this Andral guy I don't know Okay, who the heck is this guy? I have no idea. Okay, but there, there are two characters in here in this little section that have mysterious backgrounds, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's so, Andral, who apparently has traveled all around the world. He's inc- been to islands. Yeah, these obscure islands that nobody's been to. Yeah. Yeah, including Seafolk that, that the Seafolk never go to. Right, and and there's also the the Eredim or whatever his name was, Edamir. This mm-hmm. this former lord. Yeah. Right. Who who's met Rand several times. 
Yeah. Who I'm, is this guy? I don't know. I was trying to figure that out. Yeah, these these are clearly people. I, I can't I can't tell if this is one of those things where they're alluding to something, or if this is one of those things where it's just like, you know, mis- mystery intentionally. You know. Yeah. I, I, maybe part of it is that you know that you come to the Black Tower, you don't always share where you came from. Yeah, that could be it. It's like a lot. Of, everyone here has like a uh, has a story that doesn't matter because now you're in the Black Tower and you're what, yeah. what you are. You know. I would have thought he was Jane Farstrider if we didn't know who Jane Farstrider was. Right. Yeah, yeah. that would have made a lot he of totally sense. Fit the bill. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, maybe he's. Uh, didn't this guy? Didn't Joe um, Noel say that his uh, his cousin was Jane Farstrider? <laughs> maybe he's telling the truth, and this is his cousin. <laughs> <laughs> maybe. Noel's cousin. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I, I was trying to figure the same, figure that out as well, but I, I wasn't able to. Yeah, wasn't able to figure it out. I do think it's funny that they have uh, a bunch of recruits from the two rivers, and Andrew's thinking to himself about, "Oh, these guys are the best." You know, they're just like they're just like good kids who just like you know, just like no right from wrong. Yeah. I was like, okay, yeah, we get it. Yeah, we get they're it. all on the two rivers. Side. Everybody all good guys. loves the two rivers. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I guess yeah. you didn't catch any Congars or Coplins in there. <laughs> That's right. So that's it for this episode. Next time we're going to talk about chapters 47 through 51 of Towers of Midnight. I am Jeff Lake. That's Jeff underscore Lake on Twitter. I'm Alice Sullivan. That is Blue Bonnet Cafe on Instagram. I'm Michael Sparkman. I still don't have one of those. If you have any comments, questions, or feedback, please drop us a line at hello at armadillo.club. We love hearing from you. And please share us with anybody you think will like us. Please give us good reviews wherever you got this. Please find out how you can give us your hard-earned dollars in exchange for merchandise at armadillo.club. Please like us in real life. We're just so likable. Until next time. The the light light illumine you. you.